0: For decades, carbohydrates have been at the center of sports nutrition guidelines to help maximize physical performance and maintain muscle glycogen levels. But interest in an alternative approach, that being very low-carbohydrate ketogenic diets, has been growing for some time. With the dual aim of reducing body fat and enhancing the use of fat as a primary fuel source during exercise, there are plenty of glowing social media testimonials attesting to the benefits of this way of eating for athletes. But the research evidence for some years has been painting a very different and often opposing picture. And that's what I explore in today's podcast when I look at the findings of a recent systematic review on the topic of how the keto diet performs on exercise performance and body composition in athletes and trained individuals. Keto is the theme of today's podcast. So let's start by talking about what defines a keto diet. Here you are talking about limiting carbohydrate intake to less than 50 grams per day. So that means, for a normal diet that isn't low in calories, carbohydrates will contribute to less than 10% of the total energy of the diet. The remaining macronutrients come from fat, up to 80% of energy, and then of course, the rest is made up of protein. The idea behind going so low with carbohydrates is to increase ketosis. Ketones are what our body can use as a fuel source when carbohydrate is in short supply. We make ketones from fat. You have ketones in your blood right now, but when you are in ketosis from going on a ketogenic diet, you have a lot more of them. And it is promoted ad nauseum by those advocating keto diets that being a ketosis means you're burning more fat. Just know you're being hoodwinked. Let me explain why. Yes, you're burning more fat, but get the image out of your head that is all coming from your body fat stores. It isn't. The extra fat burning seen on a keto diet is majorly augmented by all that extra fat you're eating in place of carbohydrates. In the end, it is the calorie deficit caused by following a restrictive diet that results in weight loss not any magical fat-burning ability of ketosis. But could keto have a greater advantage over carbohydrate fueling when it comes to exercise performance? Certainly, keto diets saw a surge in popularity some years back with promises of enhanced athletic performance and with plenty of champions on social media singing its praises. Now firstly, in defense of keto diets, If keto diet helps a person to lose weight and that then improves their power to weight ratio, then sports performance benefits could follow. But any diet can do that for you. So this only applies if keto is a diet that connects with a person more than other dieting approaches. Most of the claims about keto were more to do with sparing glycogen stores and being able to better use fat as a fuel source in sport. However, when it comes to energy production, even though fat is more energy dense than carbohydrates on a per gram basis, you need more oxygen to gain a fixed amount of energy from fat compared to carbohydrates. So keto is fine for lower intensity steady state exercise, but for peak power output, this could be a detriment. And this is by no means academic speculation, as the research base Looking at this has been building for some years. And now we have a new meta-analysis that has compared the effects of a ketogenic diet against carbohydrate-rich diets and their effects on physical performance and body composition. Importantly, it was done in adult athletes and trained individuals. The review included 18 controlled trials that investigated the effects of a ketogenic diet on physical performance and body composition in trained participants. And a ketogenic diet was considered as having less than 50 grams of carbohydrates per day or less than 10% of total energy coming from carbohydrates. And the comparison control diets had a minimum of 40% of their energy coming from carbohydrates. The studies range from 4 days up to 12 weeks, which is plenty of time to see fat adaptation on a keto diet. The outcomes looked at were endurance exercise performance, which was measured as average power output, one repetition maximum performance as a measure of strength, and finally body composition changes. And I'll link to the study in the show notes. So what did the review find? When compared to a standard diet that contained at least 40% of the energy coming from carbohydrates, the ketogenic diet was found wanting. There was a drop in endurance exercise performance measured in a time trial by 3.3%. And this performance impairment was greater in running or race walking compared to cycling. And also, the drop in performance was greater in shorter time trial durations. Where you actually need higher power output and as well the higher the vo2 max of the participant and vo2 max is a measure of fitness the greater the impairment in performance when following a ketogenic diet so the more trained a person was the more impairments seen on a ketogenic diet so when it came to pure strength power output using the one repetition maximum test Again, the ketogenic diet was inferior, with a drop in strength of almost 6%. And this drop in strength was partly explained by a lower fat-free mass in participants when following a keto diet of 0.8 kilograms. And that's actually a lot because muscle is a key component of fat-free mass. And no athlete ever wants to lose muscle mass. But if it was only about what the scales read, then yes, keto was superior for weight loss and saw an additional 2.4 kilograms in body mass decline. And the longer a ketogenic diet was followed, the higher the body mass loss. But this needs to be tempered with the very well-known fact that a ketogenic diet causes a greater loss of water and glycogen. And the day will come when a person eats carbohydrates again, and that weight will just go back on. So it isn't all really weight loss in the sense of what most people want, that being fat loss. And interestingly, across the studies, the researchers saw a likely sex effect with greater impairment when on a ketogenic diet seen in female athletes compared to males. It is hard to find many positives in this review to give any endorsement to ketogenic diets in athletes. About the best you can say is, if that you're interested in more rapid weight loss to get the shredded pics for your Insta account, then keto is for you. But for a serious athlete, keto diets should be treated as approach with caution. And if used, only for periodic parts of a training cycle to help with fat adaptation benefits. For long, endurance, steady state activity, however, lower carbohydrate diets may be beneficial and why such diets are popular in the ultra-endurance world. But you will struggle to find much of a groundswell of support for them in most sports, especially on competition day. So there can be a place for keto as part of diet, cycling and training, especially for endurance athletes, and maybe even used for weight loss. But you won't find many podium athletes who got there from doing keto day in and day out, and especially doing keto on competition day so let's wrap all this up for endurance and power athletes keto diets can help with weight and fat loss which for these athletes could improve their power to weight ratio but the price paid for that is on muscle mass and endurance performance so it isn't too much of a surprise that you are probably hearing less about this diet in the sporting world these days And while you certainly can see evidence of metabolic changes in favour of fat adaptation when following keto, to paraphrase the doyen of sports nutrition, Professor Louise Burke, they don't give out Olympic gold medals for having optimised metabolic enzymes. So that's it for today's show. You can find the show notes either in the app you're listening to this podcast on, if it supports it, or else head over to my webpage at thinkingnutrition.com. Dot com.au and click on the podcast section to find this episode to read the show notes. If you find this podcast of value, then please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues, or maybe even leave a review. This all helps increase the ranking and reach of the podcast, which means a big win for credible, evidence based nutrition messages while helping to dilute out the crazy and making the world a slightly less confusing place. I'm Tim Crow, and you've been listening to Thinking Nutrition.